Ian, hi, great to see you. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. So uh, we finally catch up, which is which is awesome. Uh, where where are you? Right now, I am in Santiago, Chile. Uh, last week, I was in um, where was I last week? Cancun in Mexico, and a few weeks before that, or the start of this year, I was in um, sunny London. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you've you've covered a lot of miles already in well, just over yes. well, a month. Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, and I would like to say it's all been straightforward and easy, but um, that would be telling a lie. It's, it's actually been, uh, I had some work to do in Mexico. Um, actually, firstly, I had some work to do in Spain. Then the, the rules changed over Christmas and my flights, I couldn't take those flights anymore. Then I was invited to go to Portugal. Then the, the border closures changed that at the start of the year. And then um, I was invited to Mexico. Um, I got the flights, I had the paperwork done, but then the regulations in Spain, even about transiting through their airports, you needed a special visa. So I missed that flight too, um, and had to take another flight a few days later and eventually got to um, Mexico and then from Mexico, I uh, was there for I think about two and a half weeks and then um, another load of procedures and COVID tests and now I'm in Chile. It's my last day in quarantine here today. Tomorrow I get to go run in the mountains again and I haven't run in mountains since I think September last year. Off the top of my head, September, yeah, September. Right, so you, you must be looking forward to that. Absolutely. Uh, here in Santiago, it's the Southern Hemisphere, so in, in Chile and it's at the moment, beautiful blue sky outside, sunny. It's about 28, 29 degrees. Um, and there's a ton of Andes, like, I don't know, a couple of kilometers behind where I'm staying. So I can't wait. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Now, you, I mean, I understand you've had a bit of an up and down time in this uh, COVID, this COVID situation. Um, what, what happened? Well, it's interesting. I, I think everyone has got their own COVID story um, or, or related, you know, even if you haven't had COVID, uh, I think we've all struggled with whatever the new version of normal is in our lives, whether that's work, relationships, you know, the kids are at home from school, uh, financial hardship, uh, health issues. I don't know, you could pick, you know, a couple of dozen different things. Uh, personally, um, obviously, I, I think if you've been following me on my social media on Instagram, you would see that I did actually catch COVID uh, while I was in Brazil. Um, and I ended up in a Brazilian hospital in a COVID isolation ward. I was sick, probably all up for the good part of a month, most of um November. So yeah, that that was certainly challenging, um, to say the least. Yeah, but uh, ended up on oxygen, um, had uh, COVID pneumonia, infected both lungs, uh, they were about 50% plus blocked. So they, they, they sort of the last scan that they did, they did two scans, the first one was about 25%. They did another one about three days later and it was over 50%. And that's when I was admitted to the hospital 
and I was on oxygen, uh, drip antibiotics and various other medications, injections into my stomach. That was fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, all credit to the Brazilian health system and the doctors and nurses that looked after me. Um, I got better. And um, yeah, um, that was certainly an interesting time. So mm -hmm. I, I can certainly relate to people that have had uh, an experience with it personally, health-wise. Some have hardly any symptoms. Others get incredibly sick. Um, I think I was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that must have been scary. I mean, on, on several fronts, one, getting COVID, then two, going to into a hospital system that, I don't know, maybe you know that hospital system, but maybe you don't. Um, how, how was that? Yeah, um, getting COVID, uh, I think with the amount of traveling I do for work and, and my profession, it, it's pretty much a given, even with taking all the precautions of mask wearing, washing hands, using um, alcohol or um, uh, antiseptic based uh, hand gels and cleansers. Um, you know, at some point, um, even probably not with the traveling, you know, you can just get it at a supermarket. Um, it was going to happen. So, so I guess um, it, it wasn't an unexpected thing, you know, um, I think the first day when I had the fatigue, I knew I was, it, it was like not normal. And I thought, okay, this is probably it. Um, the health system side of things, um, not hardly anyone spoke English. It was all Portuguese, which I, I don't speak. Um, but, you know, I mean, I had a mobile phone in the hospital. You can only take a small bag of personal items in. Uh, one of them, things that you're allowed in is a mobile phone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that has translators on it. So, I mean, you know, I, we figured it out pretty quickly. And, and I think as with most things, you know, if, if both people are trying, uh, like the nurses were super good and the doctors and they all um, really helped a lot. So, so I, I never felt like, um, you know, uh, out of my depth in that sense. Uh, to be fair, I have actually spent time in hospitals in different countries in the world. So, <laughs> so nothing really surprises me um, <laughs> too much anymore. Um, actually, the thing that really I thought was amazing uh, was the Brazilian, um, you know, there's different levels of care in Brazil and the, the hospital I actually eventually ended up with because I went to two or three uh, different ones due to various technical reasons. Um, the, what they do with what they have and the funding that they have is incredible. Uh, I've got to say, uh, it would put probably many Western-based uh, or European-based like medical systems to shame in the sense of what they can actually make do with and, and the results they can get from it, um, which is really cool. Um, not to say that they're behind or anything, but the funding model isn't quite as strong as it is in, in say, somewhere like um, the UK with the NHS. So yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't use the term scary. I would say um, I, was, I was quite sick and I was a little bit delirious. So I didn't really know everything that was going on. So I just, um, like most things in my life, I just rolled with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, you, you know, obviously you're, you're an ultra runner and that, that's your, your work and, and your profession and, and rolling with it seems to be a, a prerequisite. And I'd like to get into that um okay in a little in a little while um but but talk me through your your recovery how because you know you you look well you look great 
Um, and so November was only a couple of months ago. So how, how have you gone about recovering? Um, yeah, that, that's been an interesting journey too. And I think uh, it's one I'm still on. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm fully recovered. Uh, I still have like uh, a little bit of fatigue, um, but that, that could also be related to like last year was like a huge uh, change for all of us. So who knows? Um, the first few weeks after getting out of the first week or so after getting out of hospital, I didn't run or do really do anything. It's just rest. Um, started to run, I think, after about seven to 10 days. Um, and I just like I messaged, uh, contacted my coach, obviously, and he just said, look, go out and try a few K, see how you feel, monitor your heart rate. You know, like it, a lot of it is when, when you've been running for a while, you, you sort of know what your body can do, what it can't do, what feels weird, what doesn't. And yeah, I think that first week back running was, was certainly challenging uh, in the sense that I didn't try to do too much mileage or push it. Um, but I certainly did notice a difference in breathing capacity and um, my body was tired. I'd lost about between two to three kilos of muscle mass in the hospital. Wow. Um, just because I hadn't done anything for like a month, I was pretty much lying in a, in bed either uh, where I was staying or in the hospital over that period of time for let, let's say three and a half weeks, I guess will be, no, it will be a month actually. Yeah. Close on a month. So um, yeah, in regards to that, it's, it's taken a fair bit of time to actually just rebuild um, the muscle. Like, um, I didn't have a lot of body fat to start with. So it, it kind of was just like muscle wasting away. I mean, I could actually fit my hand around my arm before it was that skinny. This was just all gone. Um, chest sort of disappeared. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's taken pretty much up to the last week or two to, to, to regain most of that and, and rebuild that strength. Um, so yeah, it, it's been, the first few weeks were challenging, but then I sort of started to find my rhythm again. Um, I got blood tests done um, um, just before I was discharged from hospital because the hospital was also like a, known as a, a good um, cardiac hospital and, and various other areas they specialized in. So they checked like heart um, for like the heart sac can get infected with COVID, um, kidney or liver, damage uh general blood work to see sort of if there were in inflammatory markers and anything and thank goodness that all came back clear so the only real issue it seems to be uh or that will be like some scarring in the lungs from the pneumonia which i've actually had before i had pneumonia about 15 years ago viral pneumonia um and that that did cause some issues there at that time but that sort of you know like cleared up after um, a few months so I'm guessing that it might be a similar situation although different age different circumstances who knows but I feel fine I feel fit I feel my breathing's good um, since then I've run a few marathon sort of distances 44 45 kilometers so about 28 miles I guess um, and I've felt okay so I guess the real test is going to be training in the mountains and seeing how my body sort of adapts to that. And that's going to take a while. I would say four to six weeks um, of mountain and hill running again to, to get my body used to the, uh, the climbs and the, the downhills and 
all the different aspects that go into that. But yeah, recovery-wise, apart from a little bit of fatigue, um, everything else seems to be working okay. So let's let's just see. It's a work in progress. Absolutely, absolutely. So tomorrow then, getting out into the mountains, you, you've been in isolation and you're going to be set free. What, what's, what's the plan tomorrow? What, have you, is it flexible? Are you just going to see? Or? Yeah, it's super flexible. Uh, my coach has uploaded a training program for the next week, but he said like for the next few days, uh, just, just go and have fun. It's kind of like uh, a dog that hasn't been let out for a walk for a bit. You know, um, there'll be no crazy big distances or, or trying to... Um, meet any targets or specific goals i'm just going to go up there with my partner friend and we're just going to go and enjoy the mountains so you know um there'll probably be a lot of just standing and looking at things time um probably a bit of power hiking a bit of jogging along the ridge lines and um yeah not not basing anything on mileage or or effort or heart rate just just to go out and have fun and that'll be the next uh over the next few days and then um probably next week start to look at things a little more seriously and and do some um building and progression work but i think with anything in in this um sort of in any fitness activity that you do to to come back after illness or injury and expect to just like jump back in and push um, I've, I've always learned that when either I've done it or I've seen other people do it, it, it almost always seems to end in not well uh, in the sense of uh, an injury because you, you're just stressing your body again too quickly too you know, hasn't had time to adapt too fast, too quickly, or you, your fitness level has dropped and you, you just don't enjoy it. You end up actually just like really hurting yourself in the workout. So I'm sort of all for the, um, you know, like steady progression, consistency, being disciplined, listening to your body and just moving forward with that. I mean, not saying you don't need to push sometimes, but to push on the first you know, week or two is, is usually not wise. I mean, fun sounds wonderful. And that description of, you know, some power hiking, some looking at the views, you're with your partner. I mean, that sounds wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, and, yeah. and of course, it's not always like that, but fun is fun always an important part of this for you. Yeah, a large part of it is if it stops being fun, then why are you doing it? Um, now, that's not to say that I don't take my training seriously. Um, my coach obviously set some pretty um, tough days that, that don't seem like there's a lot of fun in them. Uh, <laughs> no offense to my coach uh, if he hears this. But yeah, I mean, underlying um the underlying joy of, of being out and outdoors um being able to do what i do um is like really the driving force behind it i think if it stopped being fun it became something i had to do because of um you know to promote a brand or, or be on social media because that's what everyone expected um then i would just walk away from it because if it's not enjoyable anymore, then what's the point in doing it, to, to be honest? Uh, and when I say that, obviously, you know, that comes with a, um, using a pinch of common sense. There's always going to be times in any job, profession, career, passion, hobby, that it's not always going to be 100% fun. Um, but what I mean is that underlying joy uh, and underlying excitement and passion that you get from something. Fulfillment, I think, would be the correct word. Um, as long as that's there. I, I just keep it fun, yeah. 
that that always comes through on your on your posts which which i love and, and zillions of other people do as well and uh it it looks great and, you know the pictures are great the scenery and 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 what you're up to but just going back to what you were saying there about you know coming back from injury and and from and from illness you know this is this is one of the big things in running isn't it that, that people really struggle with the the downtime or you've got to wait another week before you start running or or just go out for a few k so has, has that always been your approach to be able to manage that well or, or did you sort of learn through having a few uh, tricky moments yeah i think you've nailed it on the second point uh learn through having tricky moments um oh um I think one of my early coaches, I think my first or possibly second, no, my first coach said, you're my, he said, the problem I have with you is you're too motivated. He said, you do too much. I, you're like, I give you a task and you like do double. Um, and that, that's another issue that I think a lot of runners have. We try to do more than, than actually what our body needs. Um, yeah. I've learned from experience of being injured, of pushing my body too hard, of having all sorts of, uh, physical issues and wearing myself down mentally as well through overtraining. Um, so it's, it's been a, a steep, but um, a steep learning curve, but one that I've learned from. So, so for example, I haven't run now for about two weeks. Um, people say, well, why? Um, I've only been in isolation for uh, seven days here. And I, I've been doing strength work and some elliptical trainer stuff, but no running. Um, before that, I was in Mexico and I could have run along the beach or on the street, but two reasons. Um, first of all, I banged my ankle on the side of a curb. It's okay, no problem. Um, but it swelled up a little bit like an impact thing. So I've just left that for a few days and then I got a cold. Um, and I thought, well, you know, training on a slightly banged ankle and with a cold in subtropical heat in Mexico, you know, you can sort of do the math and see that you can quite easily like things can go wrong. Um, so I just thought, oh, I'm just not going to run and I'll just do a little bit of gym work and, and that'll be enough. So sort of you get to know yourself and you know that, you know, a week or two hit missed there, or if you need an extra couple of weeks of recovery coming back from an injury, or maybe you have to change, you know, people that love to run say, I've got to run, but maybe you do have to hop on the stationary bike or the elliptical trainer or start swimming in the pool or, um, sometimes just do nothing for a week. Uh, when I say nothing, like, you know, maybe some basic um, mobility or flexibility exercises, uh, it's actually okay. You're not, you're not going to lose everything in a week or two weeks or, or even a month. You're not going to lose all those years of work. Um, yeah, you're going to lose some fitness. Maybe you're going to lose some muscle, but, you know, how – is this something you want to be doing for years? I always sort of ask myself this, or is this something that's like instant? Is it a now thing? And I think when you stretch it over the course of, of years, um, I don't want to like bash and destroy and beat my body up. And then like in two years time, that's it. I can't do anything because everything's wrecked from, from coming back too quickly and not having time to rest. So yeah, certainly experience has taught me be patient uh, or learn patience. I'm working on it. It's a, it's a work in progress every day. I do meditation to help with that. And um, just, just you know, keep it in the day you're in. Do what you can, where you're at with what you have today. Simple as that. So, the, I mean, these are all ways of, of self-caring. Um, and, it, and it's clear that, that you, 
that's that's really important to you you know this is something that, that you you must do for all sorts of reasons um but generally people's self-caring ability or or priority they feel like, oh no it's i can't i've got to look after everyone else and and not and not me yeah um, and i think that's a it's like a it's like social conditioning a lot of people have been conditioned to think that, that they mustn't do this it's indulgent to to do that but yet you've you've found a way it's a work in progress like everything in my life <laughs> uh, and i think you know i was have Fran and I were having, my partner, we're having this discussion yesterday that so often self-care or, or, you know, like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a confident, um, fit, healthy, good-looking person um, to tell yourself these things. And it's so much seen as selfish or vain or taking care of yourself. And, and it's not, if it comes from a place of arrogance and ego, yes, of course. Uh, and we all have that in us as well, because we're human. However, I think that, you know, if you don't love yourself and put yourself first and take care of your body, then how the heck can you do that for anyone else or assist other people or, or be there for them? Um, if you're not like looking after yourself first, uh, for me, it, it, it seems quite crazy that, that there's this real stigma around it. We're, we're told on social media and in the media to, to, we should love ourselves and this sort of like body positive image and accept who we are. But then, as soon as we start to do that, we're told we're selfish and we shouldn't do that. And we should, you know, care for other people more than we care for ourselves. It, it's kind of like, where do you even start? I, I just say, basically, for me, it's like, well, really, the only opinion of myself that matters is the one I have of myself. Um, and obviously, I'm not suggesting like going out and hurting people because, well, that's what I think is right. And it makes me feel good. Now, you know, like, once again, common sense comes into it. However, I think we really have to value ourselves first, make ourselves a priority first. Once we do that, then we can really, really help other people. If we have the energy and we're rested, then we can really support other people when they need it. Just my views. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. And, and it is, it's a complete minefield for, for people and it, and it swings back and forth. But you know, you've, you've found a way, you've found practical things that you can do that, that bring you, you results. So where, where do those beliefs come from? Where, where, where have you heard them? Who's influenced you in that way? Wow, um, interesting, interesting question. Uh, I think life has been the biggest teacher uh, because man, I, I, I get it wrong so many times. I still do. Uh, and I'm, you know, um, you know, what you see on social media would be like maybe 10%. It's like the iceberg. It's a certain part of it. And I show you nice glossy pictures and things. But the other 90% is hard work, mistakes, getting it wrong, mate, you know, and um, working through the process of, of figuring out what, uh, what to do next. Um, and I think that's normal for all of us as humans. The thing is, is just not to pretend that you've got it all together and you've got it all figured out. And then when you know you haven't, then you can actually be honest with yourself and say, okay, so what do I do? What do I got to do now today to be a better person, to be better with my health, with my eating, with my relationships, with, with my financial, um, I don't know, situations, uh, with my um, whatever, you know, how I look, I don't know, my haircut, <laughs> whatever you want to choose. Um, so 
so yeah, a lot of it's come from life. Uh, reading books, um, I like to read, like get my um, e-books or some um, Kindles or, or sometimes um, Audible, sometimes I listen to them. I like to read um, real books actually, personally, but the reality is I can't take two or three books with me every time I travel in a suitcase. Um, space is of the essence and a lot of it's taken up with running gear. So um, yeah, reading books about um, the human condition, about business and sports people, um, about uh, philosophies like um, um, stoicism, uh, uh, well, just, I don't know, general books about how people have improved themselves or, or their life stories or journeys. Um, so I don't think there's like one specific one I could point to. I think it's about reading a whole lot of different ones and then taking your experience from them, uh, uh, taking the experience that you've picked up from it and then applying it to your own life. And yeah, I, I just think I, I like to point out in my Instagram and in real life too, um, that, that I, I don't think there's anyone out there that's got it all together and got it all figured out. Um, so I think once, we realize that, that out there people have it, then we can say, well, actually it's okay if I am the same too. I think just accepting where you are today and wanting to be better is, is probably the best place to start every day. That, that's how I view it anyway. Your, I mean, your, your posts um, very much come across as being honest and you know, you, you reveal, you're, you're vulnerable, you know, you reveal some, some personal things at, at times. Um, have you always been like that? Have you always been someone who's been happy to say, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> Certainly when I was in business, no, because it's like seen as a weakness. But then I realized like, you know, once you actually say you've messed up, you're human, you made mistakes. Uh, I got this wrong. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. Then really, how, how can anyone sort of have an argument with you or point something out and say, yeah, see, <laughs> You did that. It's like, yeah, I did. I, I, I messed up. Um, I'm trying to put it right, but I'm human. Uh, there's really, it takes sort of the fire and the wind out of everyone's sails. And I'm not saying you should like constantly just think it's okay to keep making mistakes and causing problems. Um, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not suggesting you just go and um, do really stupid things. Um and, and use that as like some kind of clause to get out of it and to say, oh, well, I'm human and I make mistakes. No, but I think realizing the value in um, uh, accepting your flaws and accepting everyone else has them and, and then just like being open about it. And like I said, I don't put everything on social media. Obviously I, I keep certain amount of stuff to myself that's private. I'm, I don't want to expose my thoughts, feelings, and, and entire life to the world. That, that's not what social media is. Well, not for me anyway. Um, I, I show bits of it and I like to show the vulnerability because for me, every time something's gone wrong, wrong in my life and, and you show that it's okay to get something wrong, usually things work out a lot better and you get over it a lot quicker. So it's kind of a, I don't know, healing process or, or growing growth process, I think would be a better term um and sharing it to say it's okay it's okay to to you know for something to go wrong in your life and it's okay to try to improve and get better from it it's, it's, it's a human condition i think to pretend everything is rosy and works out well all the time is, is just not real but that's just my view i think 
the other thing is everyone should do what makes them comfortable and set their own boundaries and guidelines and roll with that. That's probably the best way for everyone to move forward because we're all different. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What, what kind of feedback do you get? A lot. <laughs> I think that would sum it up quite quickly. Um, wow. Uh, seems to be mostly positive. I mean, anytime you put yourself out on social media and you talk about, um, you know, like this is just how I feel or this is just my uh, view on something, there's always going to be a certain percentage that are going to disagree and, and criticize it. And that's okay because that's actually all right to disagree with other people it's all right to have different opinions and it's all, all right to challenge other people's in a respectful way um obviously some people don't do that um and and are quite rude i, I generally don't block too many people but I, I try to always be polite and replying if i can um because to be fair most of the people that that follow me on instagram um see something in me and 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 draw gain knowledge or experience or some kind of insight for that they can apply to their own life so i really appreciate the people that message me uh it is i must admit quite challenging i don't have anyone do my social media i do it all myself and i answer it all myself and you know there's days when there's like you know several hundred eight hundred a thousand plus messages uh, i don't get through them all so i do apologize to all the people that i don't reply to i just physically cannot get to you all um i do try to get to most um but i do have to train and live and eat and have a life as well so um yeah but it's, it's interesting uh, i've certainly seen the best and the not so good parts of human nature uh through social media however i also realize it is kind of like work and i think if you have a job you have to know when to go and do it and then when to go away from it and go and have this other part of your life. And I treat social media that way. Um, don't berate yourself too much or get too affected by the negative stuff, but don't like build yourself up too much by all the people patting you on the back either. You're just a human being. Um, sort of like get those that validation or that, that feeling of happiness, uh, fulfillment from inside. Don't seek it from these outside things of social media or, or um, you know, um, someone telling you you look good or someone telling you you've achieved amazing things. Those are the things that have to come from feeling fulfilled inside. Otherwise, when those things stop or they change, then you start to feel bad. It's my opinion. Again, Well, that's solid advice, isn't it? Particularly for, for younger people who have really grown up with social media being, being the norm and, and, you know, so many have so many struggles with that and, and you mentioned you know this is this is my work um and i need to know when this is work and then this is my my own time personal time do you do you organize your day like that is it i mean have you got time right this is social media time i'm going to spend a couple of hours here i'm going to do some admin or, or is it ad hoc and you check it every hour or yeah it's, it with the i think the last year it's been disrupted more than than normally because i i have not had like a solid base to work from. I've been traveling to, to like lots of different places and based uh, a fair bit of time in the UK. So uh, I'm reasonably flexible with it, but yeah, there, there's certain amounts of time during the day when I, I spend on social media, then there's other times when I need to just put the phone down and, and just go and do something else. And I think 
when I have like my regular training with my coach and, and I know what's coming up for the next week or two weeks, I, I kind of plan most things around my training um, and the recovery from that. The social media then is built in around that. So um, I don't have like a very a strict schedule, but I have like a, a guideline around it um, in regards to like, um, it is my job. So, you know, it's not unusual for me to spend between five to eight hours or five to nine hours a day on social media. Um, but that's not all at once. So I might do half an hour here. Um, some days it might only be four hours, you know. Um, but it's like anyone that has a job. It, for me, it's not like I'm at a job and I'm on social media. Being on social media is my how I actually make uh, an income to actually be able to do this yeah. or one of the ways. So, so for me, um, you know, it is, it is work time. So what's an average work day? Eight hours, I guess. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I could be anywhere from maybe four hours to, to 10 hours um, per day on, on various forms of social media. And I mean, not just Instagram, but Facebook, maybe on, on um, like Zoom meetings or, or I had a one and a half, almost two hour Zoom meeting this morning with um, sponsors, uh, uh, an internal company one with, training sessions on, on products and stuff. So, you know, that, that's like a job, like you might have a Zoom meeting at your job. So for me, that's, it's the same. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of depends on what I need to do at the time I need to do it. And what, I mean, my sponsors have certain requirements each month with so many posts or hours spent on certain projects. Um, I fulfill those, anything outside of that is either me having some fun or um, sometimes I just put the phone down. Don't do so much. The last few weeks in January, when I was in um, when I was in uh, Mexico, I think I did like two posts a week or something. So I I didn't do so much because I was having a break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So so social media. You've got your you know the the products. Obviously the running, day to day self care, and then you just mentioned recovery now. You know, we spoke a little bit or you were talking about, you know, coming through injury and illness. But what about day to day recovery? What, what are your main ways of, of doing that? Yeah, good question. Um, things like um, I think the biggest one will be sleep. Sleep is like huge for me. And sometimes I nap in the afternoons. I took a nap yesterday for about two hours. Uh, that was probably a little bit longer because I was a bit tired. But um, uh, the, the people had been... Um, someone was having a party a few houses down and they stayed up to like three or four in the morning talking very loudly outside. So I didn't get sleep so well, but um, yeah, recovery is mostly sleep is the biggest one. Um, then after that would probably be food. Um, just eating stuff that helps fuel me. And yes, I still eat rubbish now and again. I have hamburgers and, and I, eat, I love chocolate. I just love it. And now and again, I'll have cakes too. Um, so don't think I'm some clean eating lean machine, I, but I don't eat. It's not my staple. I don't eat a lot of it. Um, so yeah, um, sleep, food, um, recovery in regards to things like, um, you know, meditation. So that's mental um, using my foam roller, using my little massage ball, um, got some um, uh, bands, you know, the elastic stretch bands, um, 
therabands, things like this uh, for various movements. Um, I must admit, I don't do a ton of stretching. I, I seem to be one of those people that's, I, I did martial arts when I was younger uh, for uh, several, five years, seven years, something like this. So I did a lot of stretching. Uh, I don't know if that helped, um, but I don't really seem to have a lot of issues with tightness, a little bit tight in my back and shoulders sometimes, um, probably from sitting on airline seats that are too small, uh, luxury problems. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, the sleep, the food, um, some basic like routines, strength and mobility stuff, um, I find works quite well. If you're, usually if you've got quite good um, muscles, uh, muscle development, um, core strength, um, like uh, hip mobility, everything else seems to flow reasonably well from it. Um, but uh, I certainly, I'm, I'm not an expert on recovery. I, I also seem to have an ability to bounce back from things that, um, that my partner always says it's not fair. She said, it's not fair <laughs> that you just like, and I seem to have all these things go wrong with you and you just keep bouncing back. Um, so maybe there's some genetics in there too. But I think attitude as well, um, just saying, oh, well, you know, I've torn ligaments, I've broken bits and pieces on my body before. Um, and it's just like, well, okay, so I'm out for six weeks. So I need to go and do my, what my physio says. I need to not do anything stupid on that. And I need to find other ways to be active or, you know, um, keep myself amused and just accept it. Cause you can't change it once it's happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's an important part of recovery. Well, again, it's this, you know, one of these, your sort of, Biding philosophies that's coming through is this being able to roll roll with stuff that happens but but tracking back a little bit further you know you you've also had some rather serious health issues well i don't think it's been like super serious um because the technology now for around like um i guess we're referring to the heart stuff now um, um so i mean you know genetically it seems to be and whether some people say it's it's lifestyle and stress and habits some there's other camps that say well you know genetically you can inherit this stuff maybe it's a mix of both and who knows who's right or wrong but uh, yeah certainly my my family history is a, a, a one of heart disease heart attacks like i didn't know both any of my grandparents because they all died of heart attacks um um, both my uh, parents who have now passed away, both had heart problems, both had pacemakers, both had um, um, uh, cardiovascular issues and, and arrhythmia issues and all sorts of things. Um, and they didn't drink or smoke or anything like that. So uh, it wasn't so much that lifestyle related factor. Um, me, I can actually put my hand up and say I did eat a whole lot of crap for a number of years and got overweight. Um, but yeah, also, um, the heart side of things, I, I um, collapsed during a race. They took me to hospital, did some tests um, and uh, sent me through to surgery and found I uh, had uh, well, angio, which is not major surgery now. It's a procedure. They stick a, a tube that goes up into your heart and they put some things in there and, and, and um, open up the, the, the main arteries into your heart. So the two left ones were... Well, I think the, I can't remember the exact terms, the things to medical professionals, please forgive me. The two left ones were the, the biggest problem. 
I think one was mostly blocked or blocked or had a clot and the other one was um, 50 to 70 percent blocked. Um, but the good thing is the third one, which um, uh, for the right side of my heart was pretty good. So <laughs> one out of three ain't bad. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I found that and that that's sort of like just something I've learned to manage. Um, my, my twin sister had the same thing um, actually last last year or the year before. So it might have been started last year or the year before. So, so obviously twin sister, same age. So, you know, I, I guess it's just one of those things you've got to, got to roll with. Um, after that, I did look at my the stresses in my life a lot more, looked at my diet a lot closer, sort of like did a fair bit of research and lower inflammatory foods, things that would reduce stress in my lifestyle and the way I reacted to stress. You know, I used to stress when... If, if a bill wasn't paid on the day it was due, it would be huge. I would not sleep, you know, um, and this might just be a power bill. Like, I'm not saying don't pay your bills, people, but like, seriously, you know, um, losing sleep over a power bill, it's, it's a day overdue. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it was my reaction to things that happened in my life. And actually looking back now, you know, the things I'm dealing with in, in, on a daily basis or, or in, in like general life terms that go wrong, um, I, I probably would have had like, you know, if I, if I had continued reacting the way I did, I would have probably had several more heart events, they call them in New Zealand, and I might not be here. So I think, um, yeah, when we say serious medical issues, I, th I, I don't want to downplay it at all, but I don't want to upsell it either. I think it was just, it was what it was. Uh, I was very lucky that I was in, you know, getting into shape at that time, not in the shape I'm in now, but I was losing weight, eating healthier. And uh, it was more like a tap on the shoulder. Um, and yeah, after having the angio, I, I kind of thought, okay, um, this is like your chance to, to really focus on what you want to do, what you need to do, what makes you happy and the things that aren't serving you anymore to, to like, um, you know, like uh, phase those out or not integrate them into your life so much. So that's, or into my life so much, I should say. So that's kind of the heart side of things. Um, other stuff has really been quite minor. The COVID was, was you know, just one of those things. Uh, had a few kidney infections and peed blood for a bit, but that was like, that's, that's quite minor nowadays. They can treat that um, quite easily. And just the usual falling injuries and smashing things up in my body but that's you know that's part of the sport so yeah so if i was having a conversation with with that ian a few years back was that 2015 yeah 2015 yeah so if i was chatting to that ian and I, i'm not a believer that that we become a different person anyway so you know yes. you were reacting to to things stuff in life then and that was causing stress and obviously the the body keeps the score of that and now here you are much more you know rolling with stuff so you clearly always had that potential what what was it about life back then do you think that because you it sort of feels a bit like that, that we learn that we should get stressed about stuff we kind of learn that from somewhere because we're not born stressed about bills. no so we learned that somewhere. No. What, what was it about the lifestyle back then that caused that? I think, um, I mean, you know, like, I guess we could go back to childhood and a whole lot of different things. But yeah, I certainly think a lot of it was that um, the early years of my life, which is a whole different story, again, that I haven't really talked about um, yet. 
maybe in a book one day. Um, and it's like, you know, you have to do this to fit in. You have to do this. You have to care about, it's like was keeping up appearances, what other people thought, how you should be, how you should act. And I think I carried a lot of that through into my adult life. Um, and that if you did something wrong or you made a mistake, you were stupid and it was you. You know, I sort of have since realized that making mistakes and getting things wrong is an event that happens not it's not you as a person it's an event that happens either to you or because of you uh, causing something but it's not actually you as a person that's a failure or made a mis you know or is the mistake it's something that happens to you it's like a car accident i guess um you don't go out you don't wake up in the morning and say today i'm going to crash into someone else um and when you do it's that's what they call it an accident you know um so i think a lot of it was like uh, you know age conditioning um uh, and that sort of carried through into adulthood i used to care a lot more about what people thought of me um and their opinion of me and and how that was important and and how i viewed myself uh to be honest i, I read a super good book called um the art of not giving a, um, an f I won't say the word, but I think you all know what it is. Um, and that really sort of puts it in perspective. And it's not about not caring about other people, but it's not living your life based on what other people think of you. Uh, that That's a really good book. I could recommend you should go and read that. It's, it's quite short and quite um, to the point, but it really spells it out um, how to like just be you mm. and not limit yourself. So I think, yeah. I think that's it is like how I viewed myself changed. And I also realized that um, one of my quotes that I've said a few times and then one of my favorites is um, your second life begins when you realize you only have one. Ah. And that was kind of the, the moment for me with the heart thing was the um, like, Oh, I'm actually going to die. Um, like we all know it, but no one really, you don't feel it, you know? And then I thought, okay, right this is like, this could be it. This could be it. So tomorrow I could not be here. So what am I going to do today? What do I want to do today? If tomorrow I knew I'm not going to be here, what am I going to do? Well, I want to be better. I want to be better at lots of different things. I want to experience different things. I want to, you know, um, love and be loved in a, in a better way. So I think it just brought it really back to the moment instead of living in based on what other people think living in the past or living too far in the future about, well, I've got to make sure I've got all this sorted. So in 10 years time, this will happen because I think this global pandemic has taught us that there is no certainty in the world. No one would have thought three years ago that all these things would have happened, you know? Um, so I think it's just, um, the attitude has changed in the sense of I don't think I've changed so much as a person. Like you said, I think we're all basically we've, we've had these things formed in our early childhood years. And as we grow, but I think you can adapt, I think, um, evolve, whatever you want to call it and, and say, okay, so, um, I, you know, there's some things about me that, that this is how I am, but I can certainly, change the way I react to things, the way I view things. And um, I don't know, have a bit more of an open mind around how things work out. Yeah. Something like that anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the heart episode was a, was a real realization, but w was there anyone around you that influenced your thinking or did you, did you literally just think, gee, I, I need to 
do something different here? Yeah, um, I think don't think there was one particular person. Um, I think my mother um, certainly had a reasonably big influence in the sense of she sort of I never really listened to her because I was so busy sort of like trying to please or be something or feed my ego around being something more in that point in my life or prior to that with like work related and you know I had this property and I had this car and I don't know whatever else was important to me at the time um and she always said just get up each day be grateful for what you have and uh, be kind and do what makes you happy and you know I sort of think those things really struck home more after that um than ever and then I think just meeting different people in my life after that um and probably being more open to the messages um, that, that you I think we're all sort of given messages each day from various parts of the world and, and, and from us and things that happen to us in our life. And I think a lot of the time we're just so super busy and focused on what's going on with us that we don't really listen to like the message that, um, that we maybe need to be a little bit more open to, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not, it's, it's, I don't really have a philosophy around it or, or belief system around it. I just like, just pretty much see where the day's going to take me, try to be as open as I can about um, hearing this stuff. And once again, still getting it wrong most of the time. That's okay. I accept that now. And that's not a putting myself down. That's actually a, an acknowledgement that, you know, we don't always interpret things um, uh, in the right way at the right time. Sometimes it takes a bit of time to learn. Um, so, yeah, I think um, the philosophy of kindness was a huge one from my mom um, and the rest of it was just life stuff. Yeah. There's, I mean, look, there's, there's a definite philosophy that, that shines through. You may not have put words to it. I don't think we, we, we often do. There's, there's an American sports psychologist, Michael Gervais. You may have come across him. He's got a, yeah, so... Yes. One of one of his um, exercises he does with people is to come up with your own philosophy in, in 25 words or less. And it's quite an interesting um, exercise to do. And he's also hugely into mindfulness. And you, you mentioned meditation. How, how much does that influence your ability to see things for what they are? It certainly helped um, just just the focus on mindfulness, like uh, breathing focusing on the breath in and out, um, kind of like letting the thoughts that are all in my head just drift through like clouds um, when I'm in that state. Um, obviously, it's like anything. It's a practice. Uh, some days are better than others. I'm no guru at it, uh, but I certainly find it. It calms me to the point where it helps me put the, the things I need to deal with in that day in perspective if they're big things. Um, if they're not big things, then I just feel good anyway so like it's, it's kind of like consistency with training um you know the the more i do it the more consistent i am with it the, the better i generally feel so yeah um i think when you realize that the i when i realized certainly speaking from my own perspective that that life is is the gift the meaning of life is to live it um there's no purpose or anything we're put here for other than to just live our lives um and live it in the best way we possible to express who we are in our own way uh, when I sort of got that um, I thought well okay all the rest of the stuff is really just noise I guess uh, 
So just living your best life. And the other things are going to be, yeah, there's going to be difficult times, obviously, with stuff with, with, you know, with loss, with, with um, uh, relationship stuff, with life, with a whole lot of things. Um, but it just comes back to you've got the gift of life. If you've got your health, then you're doing pretty well, you know. Um, so that's, that's kind of um, what the meditation helps me with, just appreciating what I have, being grateful for the day I'm in, and um, just the actually after COVID, the ability to just breathe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and how often do you remind yourself of that? Is that like a daily thing, like a daily set of mantras? or? Yeah, uh, I, I, I would like to say I, I try to make it a daily thing. Like I think in the last week, I've probably done it like three times. Um, so it's, it's not a everyday perfect thing. Sometimes I'll do it for a month every day. Sometimes I'll do it, you know, two or three times a week. Um, it's, I generally find them when I make it a routine thing and do it regularly, I, I generally feel better. So um, like, um, you know, picking that habit. And again, being settled somewhere for a bit usually helps me. I find when I'm moving around a lot, it's, it's, I'm a little bit more challenged um, with doing it, but it's, it's something I'm working towards making a regular daily thing. Yeah. Once again, another work in progress. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. There's a, there's a fantastic picture which, you know, talks so much of, of you and, and what you've done. And, and that's that compare, one of those comparator pictures that you, you post. Ah. So there, there's the you and uh, you're, you're in a white shirt, I think, and, and the businessman. And then there's you, the the runner. So so thinking about you, the runner, the ultra runner. How how do you keep going? In regards to the the running, or just like just the whole sort of lifestyle of it. The the running, the running. How how running. do you keep going for hours and hours? Uh, you know, I, I actually really enjoy it. I think it comes down to basically what we talked about earlier it's i find it a lot of fun um i don't run with music either so i just like listening to my breath the sound of nature my my feet making a noise um i sort of feel really energized and happy when i'm outdoors especially in the in like the mountains or the forests um uh, mentally I, I i really don't struggle that much with it uh, a lot of people do but uh, I actually just really like being outside and moving. Um, I think it's maybe it's like a natural human thing to to be outdoors and moving, and we've been doing it for um, you know tens of thousands of years. So I'm guessing um, um, that that might be part of it. I don't know. I I just I just love it. Um, I've always have since I was a kid. Actually, just moving outdoors, being outdoors, being in hills, mountains, forests out of nature so for me it's just a natural thing um yes it hurts sometimes yes it's challenging um sometimes i'm sick sometimes things go wrong uh however i think that's it's like any job you, you're gonna have difficult times and it's not a job really i consider it a lifestyle more than a job um so i i just really enjoy doing what i do i, I can't really put it in any other term than that. Uh, I wish I could say that I really struggle mentally with it, but I don't because I love it. So <laughs> that's one that's brilliant. 
That's brilliant. I mean, as you said, there's there's going to be pain, there's going to be challenging moments, uh, there's going to be a stomach upset or, or whatever. Um, what, what kinds of things do you do when you do face a challenge? Have you got some particular tools or things that you fall back on? Yeah, uh, once again, life experience and the training. I think realising that um, uh, sort of like mantras like, okay, this this moment where you're maybe in a dark place mentally or physically it doesn't last it, everything changes in life so I think okay so I feel this way now but it's not going to um it's not going to um it's not going to impact like um what's I'm going to feel like in half an hour right now I feel bad so I just say okay I'm in this moment this is what it is right now what do I have to do? I need to pick this leg up and put it there. And then I have to pick this leg up and put it there. One foot in front of the other, breathe in, breathe out. I just remember that. And whether it's day, night, maybe I'm with someone uh, and I want to talk. Maybe I don't want to talk, but I think it's, it's really about keeping it in the kilometer. I'm in maybe even the half kilometer, maybe even, you know, the next hundred meters just bringing it right back to that moment of being in that moment, uh, being alive. I also think a lot of the time, how many people are sitting in an office somewhere in the world while I'm out there in this beautiful place running that would give just about anything to be where I am and say, oh, well, I'm in this beautiful, maybe the Italian Alps and the sunrise, the sun's just coming up and it's like casting all these shadows and rays of light over all these mountain peaks. And there's like a cool breeze in your face and you think, man, I'm actually here doing this in this beautiful place, seeing these amazing things. And I think, you know, there might be another 10 million people in the world right now that would swap places with me in an instant. Um, so I think I'm, I've chosen to do this. So it's like a, a huge, huge um, feeling of um, gratitude and that, that it's, it's my choice to be here. So, so when it's feeling like that, uh, when I feel like, like, bad i think you know those sorts of things go through my head and then i think wow yeah yeah i'm really lucky to be doing this and sometimes i just feel super bad and think i have like a 30 second moan about it and then i get over it and we're just back to putting one foot in front of the other and breathing you know like i'm human too I, it's not all like rainbows and beautiful sunrises it's sometimes it's it, it just there's a pain and um you know uh and a little bit of suffering and a little bit of um uh, difficulty but but it, it doesn't last. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, you. You've got this sense that of impermanence, which obviously a Buddhist um, tenet. Yeah. And you find that a useful thing. Well, whatever's happening right now, it's going to pass. Exactly, uh, and I think that's with anything in life. Um, the situation we're in isn't the way it's because experience shows us if, if you've got. I mean, I've got to so far through fifty years of my life. There has never been a situation I've been through yet that has stayed the same constantly throughout my life. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously waking up each morning up to this point and being able to breathe is, is probably one of the only things I can actually think of. But, um, you know, pretty much the, the rest of it, everything else has changed. Um, so to think that if something's really bad at the moment, that it's actually going to stay this way forever is ridiculous. It's, evidence would show from, 50 years of experience that that's not the case so why would I then actually believe it in that moment that doesn't mean it's not going to feel bad or be like pretty crappy but it just means it's not going to be that way forever so I, I think if you can apply those 
philosophies from like general life experience and like uh, condense them down into an ultra race, you can sort of um, come to terms with a lot of the bad bits a lot more and also enjoy, enjoy the good bits as well as the bad bits. Uh, embracing the sucky bits is usually actually a really good way to learn and grow. Some of my best races have been some of my worst performing ones because maybe I've met and talked to someone who's also been in a dark place and we've become friends after that. In fact, that's happened numerous times. Um, uh, I've met some amazing um, people during my darkest moments in races, and I've met some people who have had theirs in races, and, and that sort of developed into further things. So who knows? You know, like I think Steve Jobs said, um, we don't always know exactly what's going to happen or what the outcome is going to be, but when we look back and connect the dots, we realize it's led us to this point. And I think a lot of that is like ultra racing in life. So, yeah. There do seem to be a lot of, a lot of analogies of, of ultra running and, and life, you know, both have, have length, hopefully. Um, and <laughs> yeah, but, but one of the things about the ultra running world, which has always been a big appeal and, you know, what I do is nothing compared to what you do, um, but is, is this, this vibe, this friendliness, the fact that the, you know, a lot of the top guys that, who I've contacted and spoken to are just very humble, very normal, really respect nature and other people. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And please don't don't say that it's nothing compared to what I do. What you do is exactly what you do and what you need to do to express yourself. Um, and and that's, that's the great thing about ultra running or anything we do in life is it's, it's what we get out of it, you know, what we put in and what we get out of it is, is really the goal. Anything else is, is pretty much irrelevant a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, the community and ultra running, wow, uh, what can I say? It's probably one of the big draws for me. Um, I just feel totally supported uh, and connected to, to so many people out there. And I know that sounds like a little cliche and, it, you know, um, but it actually is that way. I mean, you just said yourself, you've interviewed lots of people and You'll, you'll find guys that are super chill and humble, and, you know, the ones that aren't so much in the media spotlight. And they've done some incredible things. They've run across continents, maybe across deserts, and gone up to incredibly high altitudes, um, done all sorts of amazing things. And they, you know, they're not like jumping up and down shouting about it. They're, they're keeping it pretty low key. And they're just like, a, you know, they, they don't see it as anything great or amazing. It's just like, oh, it's what I do and I really like it. Um, and that's what I love about ultra running. Um, it's it's not a it's not a um, in your face community. It's a pretty low key, chill. Just you know, roll with it. All enjoy each other's company. Have a lot of fun and and like share your 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 stories and experiences afterwards. Um, a very supportive, very cool community. And I think it transcends. Um, languages and cultures. I mean, certainly I found that for myself. Um, I, you know, um, my, my partner, Fran, she's a uh, Chilena, she's, she's from Chile, she's uh, also Spanish citizen, um, so it's like European, Latin American, South American heritage. Um, you know, like running is the same, regardless of where you're from, whether you're Russian, whether you're, you know, Chinese, um, or whether you're from Iceland, you seem to have this connection with ultra runners, definitely um, you know, not to take anything away from the road guys, but certainly with the, the trail community and the outdoors community, the love of nature, the respect for the, these outdoor spaces and the, um, 
you know, the I say comradeship you feel for each other. Super cool. I love it. Yeah, it's it's an awesome club on the whole, and um, and and being helped you know, like Ad Haranam Finn, you know, writing his book has has really sort of raised the profile. It's got and more and more people are getting involved for for different reasons. But it's interesting what you know. I belong to a couple of groups on on Facebook, fairly big groups, and quite often the questions come up. Oh, I want to get into ultra running. How you know how how do I do it? That kind of thing is. As if it's, yes. it's this big, this big kind of hurdle, which in some respects it is. You know, I remember thinking, how, how the hell am I going to do a half marathon? Um, yeah. and, and it is because at that stage, it's like, whoa. So what is there anything that you could say to those people that would be useful as a, as a sort of a starter if, if someone was interested in, in having a go? Yeah, for sure. Uh... I sharing from my own experience, I think just progression. Like I started with 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, 50k, 70k, 80k, 100k, 100 miles, 200 and something, uh, 70, 80k, I don't know, something, um, that, that kind of thing, you know? So I didn't just like jump into it. So if you maybe run, um, even if you don't want to do like an ultra, a trail race. So there's lots of ones that can be like 16 miles, um, you know, what's that, 30, 30K, 28K, I don't know, something like that. Um, sort of in that trail races in that sort of like 20, half marathon to sort of 35K distance. So not even up to marathon distance. There's also trail marathons. So maybe if you're a road person or you've run a 10K, go and do a, you know, like um, there's, ten, there's even 10K trail races. Um, go and do a trail race. See what you think. Um, different sort of vibe. You don't have to run at a set pace, um, you can go slower, you can walk bits of it like the hills. Um, I would suggest like wherever you're at, find something involved in the trail side of it and give it a try, see if you like it. Um, and then progress from there. If you've run marathon distance, I mean, what's that 42.2 There's 26 miles, go and run a 50K. That's what, 31, 32 miles, 30 miles, 31. Um, so, um you know another 8k on top it's it's not a huge leap and it's a different kind of running it's it's not like fast steady consistent pace speed stuff it's it's up and down hills running through maybe some muddy bits maybe the odd river or two um or maybe it's just like nice dry groomed walking track um so I would suggest start from where you are find something that's of a similar distance and, and go and experience it um it's really a case started don't you don't have to like a half marathon and do a hundred miler you know um you can if you want to but you know the steady progression be consistent with it don't be scared of it just go and have some fun with it i think if you're like uh, open about it and do it that way you'll be fine also don't go into it like with marathons don't go into your first trail race or ultra race with this massive expectation of a pb or time or smashing it you know go in there have some fun learn about fueling learn about running on different terrain um obviously you've done some of your training prior to that if, if you want to go into trails i would suggest some experience on them um but have fun and enjoy the experience certainly for the first few and then um if you want to be a bit a bit more competitive after that, then you know 
you've had that experience and you can start to build on that. But I think it comes back to that fulfillment and enjoyment of what you're doing. So focus on that and you'll be fine. Awesome. That's, that's great. That's great. What's, um, what's been your favorite race so far? Wow. Um, hard to pick a favorite, but I think um, certainly one of my tops, Lavaredo Ultra Trail in Italy, the Dolomites in Northern Italy, just so beautiful um the, the whole race um, um i think ultra x mexico in the copper canyons in mexico with the with the book born to run the the tarumara um, um or was it the Muri indian guys the the locals from the area um uh running there 250 k's through there in a stage race Beautiful scenery, very wild, kind of like the Grand Canyon with lots of trees. Um, these incredible canyons and these incredibly amazing people who are very quiet, very humble. Um, and the, the towns through this place, it was just an incredible experience. I would I would certainly um, certainly go back there, hopefully this year if it's open. So yeah, Lavarado, uh, Copper Canyons in Mexico. Mm, oh, wow. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to pick actually, because I, I, each race is so different, you know, Madeira, um, that's a beautiful one. Uh, oh, uh, I did just did ultra X England in the peak district. I've never been to the peak district before. Super beautiful, different scenery again, rolling hills, countryside. Um, yeah, Europe, beautiful races, us, beautiful races, South America, um, you know, um, beautiful races but yeah i think those two would stand out lavarado and um copper canyons in mexico amazing and and do you choose your races um yes and no <laughs> i have a certain number that i i do with my sponsors uh obviously they're paying me um to to you know um do promotional work and social media work with them and sponsor me so I am required in some of my contracts to appear at X amount of races per year. Um, so those ones I, I do, I mean, I would do them anyway, because, you know, you're getting paid to turn up. I mean, <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. Um, I still got to pinch myself about that, but yeah. <laughs> so big shout out to the guys that the sponsors that do support me. I really appreciate you guys, uh, especially during these difficult uh, this last year or two, that's been challenging um so yeah um so some are, are like that where I'm, I'm obligated like a work uh, based thing to, to turn up and others are ones i choose or i reach out to or they've reached out to me the event organizers and said hey would you like to come to this and we'll cover these costs or etc and um you know do some promo work for example this year i've been um i was invited last year but it's been postponed till this year uh, in October, I've been invited to a race in the Himalayas in Bhutan, um, yeah. 300 kilometers in the north of Bhutan in the, in the Himalayan mountains. And Ooh. I think the altitude we'll be running at is somewhere between four to five and a half thousand meters for um, 300 kilometers. So that's going to be amazing. Bhutan's a very um, closed country in the sense of getting visas and tourist visas and uh, a whole lot of things. And this area we're running in is like a protected area. Uh, apparently there's still snow leopards in the mountains and tigers in the forest. So, you know, um, when someone invites you to something like that, it's, it's not so much an obligation, it's an opportunity. Um, 
and then there's some I just choose because it might just be like a 25k race on a small island in I don't know in the Aegean Sea or in Greece or Croatia or just because it's super cool I know one of the local guys and they say hey you should come and run this if you're in the area and it's like it's not all about competition or or running a big distance sometimes it's just about hanging out with people and having fun and a lot of the time those races work out to be some of your favorites because there's just no you're not there to uh, perform you're not there to uh, fulfill an obligation in a contract you're just there to enjoy yourself and have fun and saying that that happens with some of the sponsored ones too so yeah i mean it's a mix i would say it's probably probably about 60 70 percent will be sponsored stuff and about the other 30 will be just stuff i would like to do yeah yeah okay nice a nice a nice mix and good to have some some choice in there for you exactly so so where if, if people want to follow you uh yes. i know you've already got many many followers but um ho hopefully there'll be more because actually you know the messages and and what you do i mean undoubtedly you know this this podcast is all about positive encouragers and and that you know encapsulates what you're doing it's it's fantastic um Thanks, where, where, where where can people find you and, and if there are people you want to mention feel free to to do so ah cool um well we'll go with the first part where can people find me i guess uh well instagram is probably the biggest one um i uh, so that's um, ian.morgan, I-N.M-O-R-G-A-N, ian.morgan on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook as Ian Morgan, but um, got a, a, like a fan account and a general account on there. But I'm, I'm not like huge on Facebook. Um, seems to be my, my demographic seems to be like that audience from Instagram, a, a slightly younger audience, which is interesting because statistically people my age are generally on Facebook more. But hey. I just go with the flow, man. Uh, Thanks to um, I'm on Instagram, so I feel a bit younger now. So that's good. <laughs> well, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, it's the new um, age-reducing uh, app. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on Instagram, Ian.Morgan. Um, Facebook, Ian Morgan. Um, just look for me, Kiwi Runner or at, um, Ultra Runner. Uh, I am on, I started YouTube last year, but I have, I've only done like three or four videos. It's something I've, I've actually would love to produce more content on um, and do more editing. But I think like um, some people have, have mentioned before uh, <laughs> in a conversation we had, editing is actually quite time consuming and a lot of work. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the, the uh, format of YouTube. And on there, I'm Ian Morgan, Ultra Runner. Um, so I will be producing some more stuff. The goal is for this year to produce some more YouTube uh, channel uh, content. But probably easiest to find me on Instagram, just as ian.morgan. That's my, I think, most popular channel, or most popular way of reaching me. And shout out to my sponsors. Wow. Uh, Ultra X England. Ultra X um, is a UK-based company, and they run races all over the globe. Sri Lanka, Scotland, England, Mexico, as I mentioned earlier. Um, where else? Jordan, uh, Slovenia this year. They were world champs. Um, mm, where else? Uh, Azores. Uh, so, yeah, Ultra X, thanks so much. Um, Hoka for the shoes, thank you. Roque for the socks, my, my sock sponsors and clothing sponsors now too. They do an amazing job. 
Naked, uh, which is not what you think. It's a running um, hydration vest company based out of the US, Naked Sports Innovations. Um, Chorus UK, my, my watch and um, GPS sponsor, amazing team there. Thanks, Ben, um, and all the crew and the other athletes. Uh, wow, I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, that's, that's most of the main ones. I do have a few that I do some work for now and again. Um, but yeah, those are the guys that like really hooked me up with a lot of this stuff and helped me out. Um, so thanks to you guys. And probably the biggest thanks would be to all you guys that follow me on social media. I mean, to be honest, I'm totally blown away by the amount of people that actually find value in, in just me sharing about my life. Um, like, it's super cool. Like, I really just don't know how it happened. Uh, there was never any plan to get on, on this and do it this way or even to become like a runner doing what I'm doing um it's just happened so I, I appreciate all you guys out there that continue to support me send me messages um and um yeah just like meet me in all these different places in the world and sometimes we have coffee sometimes we have a chat love you all guys thanks that's awesome that's awesome um listen it's been so good to chat we we almost met in london when you were doing your your run over here um gosh when was that i mean that was before was that before lockdown or was that last that last year that's got me beard stroking too to think when it was you were doing yeah. your 50th weren't you that's right that was in uh july last year they oh. uh when we went in uh, lockdown anymore in fact i think i arrived in june and things just started to open again like uh restaurants and bars and everything was becoming sort of pretty free after the first lockdowns so yeah but um but we'll have to get a run in when um when you're back here next oh time. most definitely most definitely hopefully be back um planning on march at some point but uh it's really difficult to say with the news that's been coming out of europe recently um with just about a lot of the countries going back into various stages of restrictions or lockdown but you know never go too far in the future and predict what's going to happen we'll just roll with it um and in the meantime i'll enjoy you know the next month or so running in these beautiful sunny um andes mountains and hopefully come back to the uk with a tan and an even bigger smile yeah absolutely well you've got you've already got a tan don't make everyone everyone jealous. well i'm i'm um, working on it yeah <laughs> and i think we're gonna to have to call this episode roll with it um but just yeah. just before you go let's see if um right i'm gonna do a picture there and then what i'm going to try and do is a selfie with us let's see if okay if i can get my head hold on I can get my head close enough i feel like i'm getting really close to you now um, that's all right there we go we're sort of in there aren't we ready three two one okay let's see if that's and that was obviously yeah. um internet-based social distancing there everybody so so don't yeah. judge us because we're not wearing masks please <laughs> yeah <laughs> Fantastic. Ian, thanks again. That was that was awesome. We'll have to have another chat um, down the line. Um, and I really hope that um, you're, you're starting to take some notes for, for a book because, uh, you know, it's a great story. I've been working on it. I've got a few journals, actually. Um, and yeah, let's say, let's be positive and say possibly this year something might come out. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. That's great. You take care. Enjoy the mountains. Look forward to the, seeing the pics.
Thanks so much, man. See you later. Cheers.